0: Welcome to the Dumb Dominoes podcast. As always, I'm Chase, Josh, and today we're doing a car ride review on the Pope's Exorcist.
1: Man, all right. Well, first, let's get into the theater
0: experience. This is the worst theater experience <laughs> I've ever had. I we usually don't come to this theater, and I, I don't want to call it out, but we're still having that theater experience. Three people just jumped out in front of our vehicle <laughs> while we were in motion.
1: Yeah, just just
0: now. Wow. I don't know, man. I've been to this theater quite a bit in the past, and and I've had some so-so experience. But almost every time I've went to this theater, I've had a negative experience in some way or another, whether it's the movie, the quality, the seats, the, the people. But... I don't know about you, but when I was getting in ticket, getting tickets, there was a, a long line of extremely disrespectful, loud, obnoxious people from all walks of life, old and young. Yeah, um, maybe you could speak a little too. Dude, that. you couldn't hear
1: the lady behind the glass that was selling the tickets at all, and I was just shaking my head. And she she got to where she couldn't even talk to me mm-hmm. because. I was just following procedure at that point, and I just told her the movie, the name of the movie, and then I told her what seat I wanted, and then she pretty much just,
0: you know, pointed at the card machine. I legitimately looked like a handicapped person. I had my ear to the window speaker. Yeah. My ear, you can attest to this, my mm-hmm. ear was sticking to it. Yeah. And I just told her through the, through the window, I said, I can't hear you. Yeah. And, but here's how I did it. I turned my head back to all the people making the ruckus and I said, I did it like this. I said, I can't hear you. <laughs> like as to the people behind me, maybe would take a hint. But it was just some obnoxious kids and it was some obnoxious senior citizens <laughs> that sounded like they were having a 6 a.m. conversation at the Phillips 66. <laughs> and I'm telling you right now, I bet people inside in a theater room could have heard them outside in the ticket line.
1: Yeah. Oh man, it was so frustrating. And I'll, I'll let you start on
0: what happened when we got into the theater. And then I thought to myself, "Oh, thank God! You know, that was just outside. We're finally in a theater room. We're watching an R-rated movie. So maybe there won't be seniors and kids." <laughs> I was like, I finally was like, okay, maybe that was just some, you know, some crazy crap outside. We get into the theater. There's multiple people that walk in over 15 minutes late. Yeah. They're in the movie. And have their phone camera on. And I'm not talking about, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm just going to use my phone camera to check my seating. Yeah. No. All the way through the middle aisle, they have their camera on. They sit down. The one, the one person flipped it up. Like... Where the uh, the light was just pointing straight up. Yep, yeah, right at the screen
1: too. And and I'm not gonna lie, it f- like flashed my eyes yeah, it and blinded
0: yeah. the crap out of me like twice. Absolutely. I if I had a stopwatch, I just for the people to understand when you're watching a movie in a theater that's dark. I mean, honestly, five seconds of someone's phone and screen gets on your nerves. Yeah. I bet I bet that gr- that particular one we're talking about had their phone light on for 45 seconds to a minute and a half. Yeah, man, it was a long, it felt like an eternity. I was just waiting
1: for them to sit down, but they just,
0: they weren't. And then 25 to 30 minutes, three uh, younger folk, I, I mean, almost kids from what it looked like to me, they came in just talking up a storm, had their light on, sat down, was like, making a whole bunch of noise which that's doesn't bother me but when it's 30 minutes into the feature film yes that's ridiculous what are you even why did you even come in this movie but i don't mean to be like a negative nancy and i know that you don't mean that either but this it was so obnoxious outside of the theater and inside the theater
1: yeah very very rude Yeah, no
0: one has an inside voice anymore, by the way. Nobody. The the last point I wanted to make before we got into the movie, um, I'm gonna ask you this. Were the people behind us watching videos on their phone the whole time? I could have sworn I swear to God they were.
1: I mean, I could hear like I don't know if it was in front of us or behind us. I'm pretty sure it was
0: behind us. Yeah. I swear to God that someone was on their phone watching videos yeah just like scrolling through TikTok they had to be because I kept hearing it and it was taking me out of the movie and it was very faint but I could hear it like a not to give a a woman talking not to give away how I felt about the movie but I was in it and I was invested in this movie yeah so the fact that all this crap keep happening and it was taking me out of it was not good because I wanted to be in it mm mhm Two
1: cops with their lights on just passed.
0: Yeah! Wow! <laughs> I,
1: I thought we were getting a ticket.
0: Yeah. But they pulled over some bloke in the Kroger parking lot. <laughs> uh, what ended up happening there? Did they? Did I don't see know. No, nah, I was
1: trying to keep my head down because I didn't want them looking oh. at us while we were passing well, by. So I was just looking at the laptop pretty much. It wouldn't be a
0: car ride review if we didn't almost hit a deer or there wasn't like a a cop search and seizure or uh yeah some guy breaking too hard in front of us (laughs) i didn't want to get caught for rubbernecking
1: well Uh, i guess that's only for if you're
0: driving but still so back to the uh theater experience yeah Um, those people behind us i swear to you man they had to be watching TikTok videos or something there's no way that me and you We're pretty in tune with audio. If you didn't know, we run a podcast. Yeah. So I know when I'm hearing interference. Yes. And you know when you're hearing it. And so you can attest that something was happening. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Because I was about to get up and throw my popcorn in somebody's face <laughs> because I was already mad at the line. And then I was mad at the two different groups coming in late. Yeah. And you know what? I have seen people come in late, and 90% of the time, you know what they do? They put their head down, they run in, and they like jump into their seat. Yeah. Not here, not today but uh did you want to add anything else about the theater experience well I'll add one last thing yeah. number one the popcorn hated. the popcorn
1: was great yeah. and regardless of how much distractions there were I blocked it out you did just because
0: I was I really was enjoying the movie yeah so. I know and that's the thing that gets me is I really really liked it the movie, and it had me pretty early, I was like, okay, this is going to be... This isn't a piece of crap. You know? Yeah, I was focused on the movie. And so, like, during one particular scene that was really important, I could hear whatever they were watching behind me, mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm about to get up <laughs> and tell these people that they can either shut the phone... Off. I was actually going to say... I actually had in my mind. I was going to say, I was going to say, can you get off the phone until the movie's <laughs> over? Are you
1: really that addicted? Oh, goodness.
0: People cannot sell their phones. Yeah, and you know what? I love my phone. I love watching TikTok for two hours. (laughs) But, like, can you... You paid money to watch that movie. Yeah. And if they don't want to
1: watch it, they can at least respect the fact that we paid money to watch it.
0: Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Um, I was in that same theater two weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, I had a really bad theater experience. There was some teenagers that came in, like 12 of them. Yeah. And uh, their flash on their phone uh, flashed, I don't know, 10 times during the movie. And there was like a fat dad like off South Park in front of us. (laughs) He never shut up the entire movie. So that's two crappy theater experiences in that theater. In a row. In a row. And to compare it, we went to John Wick completely packed out theater in Little Rock in a much bigger theater with a lot more people. Great experience. Not one complaint. Not one complaint. And Zachary and I saw Super Mario Bros with a bunch of kids in there. Toddlers and everything. Opening night in Tinseltown. Zero Zero. complaints. (laughs) So, you know, there's merit to what we're saying here. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, I, Super Mario Bros, I expected some toddlers to be, daddy, daddy, it's, it's fire, you know? Like, yeah. Nope. Hey, not a problem at all. Yeah. But I'm here two weeks in a row and these freaking hot dog eating pigs. <laughs> what is that Rick Reed used to say? Uh, sweaty, uh. sweaty uh, oxes or something yeah, like, yeah, it it something like that? Yeah, call them pigs and. So now that we got that out of the way, <laughs> but I know if you're listening to this, you're thinking, "My God, are we going to talk about the movie?" Yeah. But that's the thing about the car review—you come out of the theater, and like, I'm just still high. Yeah. That, you know, <laughs> it's fresh on your mind. If we would have done this review tomorrow, I wouldn't even have probably said anything. <laughs> but as far as the movie goes, the Pope's Exorcist, starring the man himself, Maximus Russell Crowe. Yeah. And. Man, I enjoyed this movie so much. Like, uh, I'd actually, funny enough, it's uh, four weeks in, so no matter what I was trying to do, I saw some of the big publications review it. Yeah. I saw nothing but just lukewarm reviews, or it didn't hit like I thought it was going to. So I went in this movie pretty even keel because I was like, you know, I don't trust them, but it's Russell Crowe. Yeah. It's a scary, it's right up my alley, my favorite genre. It exceeded expectations for me tenfold. Yeah. I went into this thinking I might like it. I might like it, but if it's not that great, I'm not going to be too upset. Yeah. Man, like it did a slow build, but a slow build that had me really focused. I was like, okay, okay. And I, I, I knew where it was going. Because it's an Exorcist movie, and it has to go. Yeah, there's a, there's a one direction down that street. But they did it in a way that really it was unique. It was unique, and I, I didn't really predict exactly how it turned out. And then they added this whole layer with this demon basically being a sequel. Yeah, like a I'll lore to this, like yeah. a universe. So maybe you can speak a little on that because they added a deep backstory to the demon. And I was like, now that, now that is genius. Yes. I really like this
1: man. And I'm so glad that they hinted at like a bigger universe out there because yeah. I would love to see a sequel to this. Oh,
0: just so you know, it's already greenlit and in pre-production. Okay, see, there you go. That's the thing about watching a movie when it's been in theaters for four weeks. Yeah. You've already got the... Uh, Oh, and it was a box office success. Yeah. Hey, to go along. Hey, while I'm hot, to go along with all the major publications, all the major critics, Rotten Tomatoes, all those goobers. It wasn't that good. And then you see the real thing. Oh, it was a box office success. Greenlit for season two or uh, movie number two. Like, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> that's what tells you. I mean, I I didn't see like really anything wrong
1: with this. The there only there the only thing I can say about this. The I, well, I don't want to say I'm not a fan of it because it is the way it is. But it wasn't very scary for me personally. I don't think it was. For, I, I think it was more move. about the story. Yeah, to be honest, and that's great. Yeah, a
0: horror movie that has a, a good solid story. That sometimes that's more
1: important. But it did have a really good atmosphere. But I think it's because I've seen scarier yeah, Exorcist movies. Yeah, like. For example, The Conjuring is probably the greatest exorcist movie of all time. Yeah, I
0: think. Well, people would probably say The Exorcist.
1: Yeah, but <laughs> it was, here's the thing. I know. I just had to give you. I've a hard never time. seen it, but from what Zachary has told me, and it. I really trust his opinion on scary movies too, because he yeah. knows what I like. And he says it's a product of its time. It is. And it hasn't
0: aged as well as a lot of older movies have. It is, but uh, I will tell you as someone who's seen The Exorcist a lot and you haven't, you said? Yes. This movie was incredibly similar and just like Jaws and all these, holy crap, some guy on a bicycle on the side of the road. It, it did kind of like... This movie did kind of like Jaws and whatnot. A lot of the original Exorcist in uh, 1970, the early 70s, mm-hmm. this movie, I mean, I'd say almost 40% was taken from it. Yeah. So, like, it paid its its due, it paid its homage, yeah. and uh, funny enough, the two kids, the, oh, no, not this the kid who is possessed, the younger boy, yes. was he about eight years old? I think so. It's like the same exact look. He looks almost identical to the to the kid that's uh, possessed in the original Exorcist. Yeah, and the voice is almost exactly the same. I did
1: notice that because I've seen clips of the so, original Exorcist, but, and it sounds pretty similar. But I
0: like that. It was such a good tip of the cap how they tipped their cap to the you know the Godfather of Exorcist movies. Yes, but they went into their own lore and their own universe, and so. I was just so pleased, like I, such a bad theater experience, uh, but often. with a good movie. Everything I've seen online, it's kind of been lukewarm. Yes. So, but I was hyped because it's it's my my jam, you know.
1: And yeah. I and scary there, movies is our
0: our genre of choice, you know. And that movie lived up to it and more. I think Russell Crowe mm-hmm. put on a performance of an A-list leading actor. Yeah. And I think that's just it's a really perfect role for russell crowe because everyone knows him but it, what is he about 60 years old now i think so i mean he didn't look that old in the movie though no
1: he didn't but he, he looked is. like early 50s you know well i know in two, late
0: 40s i know early. in 2000 in gladiator he's in his mid 30s and that's over that's like 23 years ago yeah so think of it that way 35 45 50 there's no way that he's under 55 years old yeah so and he's a physical actor so the fact that he's found himself a role as a priest but he has a presence so i was thinking to myself like okay you wanted a pope and you probably wanted a name but you couldn't get like someone in their prime but you need someone with a a big presence and he has that big presence and, and, he's and he's charismatic Yeah So I was like Man that's a really good choice I thought his Italian accent Was sucked Yeah <laughs> He's Australian Like that was tough
1: Yeah that was a tough
0: one But I You know Most of the
1: time He was speaking
0: English So He was so His Italian later accent Later on Was so bad Yeah <laughs> But I was like Waiting for him to go It's a me I'm a <laughs> i was like That's how bad that was Yeah but it wasn't bad to where it took you out of the movie.
1: No, no. And plus it was only at the start of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like it was going to be long. Cause I was like, man, is this whole movie going to be in, uh, you know, Italian, but then like, once you get past that initial beginning, the prologue, yeah, then it just, it feels like
0: the entire movie's English after that. And we want to so. keep heaping praise. I want to talk about the set location in Spain yes that gave off the right vibe wow yes
1: i love the abbey it was really cool and not only that but the um underground section too like when they're going uh, you know in the basement and then underground and the uh what was that room called the it's a burial chamber yeah and where they locked up
0: uh possessed people i guess well that manor that property uh the woods, the old, olden woods gave it a vibe. And the Spanish conquest. And, yeah. And it almost looked like a Transylvania-type yeah. building. And I was like, I was just thinking in my head, like, wow, that was whoever. Dracula's going to come out of there. Yeah, I was just <laughs> thinking, like, whoever came up with that or found that location, like, good on you, man. Yeah. And then anytime you come out of that location, you're in Rome. You see the Vatican and the Colosseum, and you're like okay so they took a more kind of mid to low budget scary movie well they got their a-list lead Mm -hmm. and then as far as set goes you have this just uh awesome looking whoa oh gosh there's a tree tree down in the highway folks
1: (laughs) it's always interesting here on the car ride review
0: wow wow (laughs) you know at the end of a couple of years I want to put all those car ride review clips where we go off and go why is there a dog in the road <laughs> Yeah. Or we go uh, wow look at that deer that <laughs> we go, there's a tree in the eye <laughs> oh. I'd say after we've probably got enough for 15 minutes of just those right now yeah like a compilation <laughs> oh so anyway back to the movie you're trying to do something that's been done so you get your A-list guy that's a little out of his prime but he's still the guy and then your main two sets are that great set Abbey in Spain and then when you cut away from that you're just seeing just you know unprecedented Rome yes so I love the setting like everything about it it did the it it gave you the right feel Mm -hmm. did you know that Russell Crowe uh, his character is Gabriel and I thought that was fitting Mm -hmm. I was like it's the angel Gabriel here yeah (laughs) I love that But you know that his uh, boss, or his uh, higher Uh, pope priest, the guy wearing white that had a heart attack?
1: Either the bishop or the pope, right? I think it's the pope, I believe.
0: Was he the pope?
1: Yeah. And then that's his exorcist.
0: Okay. But you know who was playing that, right? That was uh, Sergio, what's his name? Uh, But he's in a lot of big, old movies. Yeah, I've seen him before. Yeah, and... uh, he was in John Wick Two when they had the Continental in Rome. Yes, he was the Winston of that. <laughs> Isn't you know, that cool? You, you know, you remember him now. I that? think so. I think I know who you're talking about. He was like gentleman. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I know who it is. <laughs> but yeah, he was. Uh, he was basically the Winston of the Rome Continental. Yeah. Just a jog. And I you're was from Rome again. <laughs> yeah. And there's a reason for that. I don't have the full history on him, but I do know that... I'm not going to say John Wayne, but he's got... He was a guy in his day. Yeah. He's got a lot of big B-level hits and uh, made a name for himself. Yeah. So what did you think of the movie? I
1: mean... I thought the acting was really good in this. Yeah. Um, There's one character, um, the other priest that was helping Gabriel... Um, I didn't at first like him at all and then over time he just grew on me and I think that was a a very good thing about the writing you know
0: character development
1: character development it, it, over time I grew to like and care for this character because mm-hmm. at first I was like I don't really care about this guy at all and then over at the towards the end of the movie I was like gosh I hope he you know hope he gets in there and saves Gabe you know <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, he was just a rigid kind of—I uh, don't want to say corrupt priest, but he wasn't living exactly yeah. like a Catholic priest. He kind
1: of looked like Tobey Maguire in some parts. Did you notice that with the hair thing he had going on, like in the
0: third Spider-Man? It looked like no, Tobey Maguire. I I I don't know for sure because we're in, we're doing a car ride review. I haven't researched it yet, but I'm and don't kill me if I'm wrong, but I'm ninety percent sure he was the. The main antagonist, the villain in uh, Avengers Civil War. Huh. A very, very big movie. Yeah. And uh, continued his role, you know, past Endgame, but right in that sweet spot of Marvel. Yeah. So, that was actually another face um, to use. So, that was was very smart on them. Yeah. Uh, I had no problem with anyone's acting, I think. I don't think me and you are giving enough due to the the child actor.
1: Yes, he did really good. The young... Man, it's dangerous out here on these roads. (laughs) I swear, man.
0: (laughs) What is going on today? I don't know. It's been a weird one. But, um... Uh, Oh, but anyway, that child actor, I don't know who he is. We'll do more research later. Um, But, you know, that's never easy to play because yes you're, he has to lean up and it's not his voice and if you think about it in the eyes of an actor there's a lot of pretend going on and someone like Russell Crowe can handle it but when you're talking about like an actor that's 10, 11 years old mm-hmm. I'm always enamored when an actor that's 11 years old can play with, with so much emotion a character that's not even there it's not even really there yeah and I bet that was a nightmare, yeah, with makeup and prosthetics and whatnot. And then, yeah. And then it probably got actually tough with you know uh, like Russell Crowe and and the other priests like yelling at you. And uh, you know you might not have the capacity to handle that at 11 years old. Yeah. And I mean he's probably a consummate pro. Like he's probably better acting than <laughs> acting school whatnot. Yeah, but you you know I mean someone 11 years old might not be able to handle being yelled at for however long it took to shoot those scenes 10 hours 11 hours
1: and then the makeup probably took forever Um, oh
0: yeah disaster
1: the by the way i want to say the special effects were really freaking good yeah they were um the only one that i saw that i was like that's weird it was the neon fire at the end with the symbols I was like that looks kind of like a a light show almost or neon sign kind of but that's the only thing the as far as the the uh, character models like the uh-huh. demon going into the water and out through the fire oh, that and water was awesome i was like man that looks really cool and then that's the only effect other than that like the only effect was those fire symbols that looked odd to me but yeah. it didn't look bad it just looked out of place other than that everything looked great like the when the character's mouths would open uh unnaturally or when the daughter was like making her bones go like crooked and crawling up the ceiling Mm. and stuff that was good i liked it
0: what did you think of the same demon doing multiple possessions at the same time
1: that was very unique and i actually really liked it because You know this sets it apart from others whereas others are just
0: about one possession you know one person it chose one person to latch on to it was something unique and it it also showed the power of this demon
1: yes it told an original story an old classic that's kind of been told to death but it did it in a unique way which is what you're supposed to do that's how you make your film you know because if you don't do that then you're just pretty much remaking what other movies have done in the past mm-hmm. but you're making this your own by as long as it's not far-fetched and it's believable which it is um and they did a great job on that making it a like a new idea for a exorcist kind of movie mm-hmm. and i really like that
0: something different a nice change of pace i think i honestly figured when the demon got the boy and he started yelling at him, and they came in there and they started to exorcise him. I kind of thought that's what the movie was going to be. I was like, okay, middle-budget scary movie. I, I thought I was like, okay, that's what it's going to be. There's a little studying. There's a little backstory. The kid has a demon. The two priests start doing the exorcism. Yeah. I kind of thought that's where the movie. That's where it was going to be, and then the demon would come out, and it would be difficult. And then they would have to come back at him again. And I thought that's kind of where it was going to be, right? Yes. I was completely wrong. I was completely wrong. When they uh, started to figure out, like, whoa, this demon has figured out our past. It has the power to project mirages. Yeah, nightmares and stuff. And so they had to do a deep dive, and they found the below caverns that they told a really nice cover story for like they're doing construction down there yeah so they gave like a real nice little story of how they found it I appreciated that they didn't yes. have to they could have just stumbled into it like most horror movies yeah <laughs> but when they go down there and he during that rainstorm sees the, the Vatican symbol on that well that's sealed shut yeah that was a nice touch
1: Yes. I did not expect the exploration of the Abbey to be that cool, like hidden areas and mm-hmm. stuff. That's what really surprised me. I thought this was going to be like a basic exorcist stuff yeah. with some cool effects and a, a little bit different story. But mm-hmm. but the whole exploring thing really awesome, also, man. along with the multiple possessions, set it apart from others where usually you're contained to just the house. But this, we're exploring
0: like a tomb. And it was really cool to see. When they reached in the brick and found that symbol, I was like, oh, okay, that's going to be it. Inside that symbol is going to be a, a demonic book or, I don't know, something small that's like, that's the demon source of power or whatever. Yeah. And I was just like, I was going to be okay with that. I was mm-hmm. going to be like, okay, they found the box. You know, you open the box, you release the evil spirit. That's what it looked like, right? Yeah. Wrong. They kick the. He takes the sledgehammer, knocks the uh, wall out. We've got an entire room down here with multiple uh, skeletons, and we find the body of a past famous exorcist that has a book telling all about this and yeah, was cages cool. and prison cells and. And uh, documentation and. Were you expecting all those dead bodies no. in this movie? I wasn't
1: expecting to see one dead body in this movie, unless it was like one of the main characters getting
0: killed. I was happy with this movie, but when they knocked that wall down and they went back there, and you started looking around, and they said, "This is that. This is an old famous exorcist," and they found that book. That was the scene where I went from being like pretty happy with the movie to like completely excited. I was like, whoa, I was like, this movie's awesome. Yeah. I was like in it at that point. I was like, uh, I was in it. And then that took me to, I'm really in it. Yeah. So that's what changed for me. And then, uh, from there, they started finding out all kinds of lore and information on this demon. And, and this master plot he has to take uh, to, uh, take a priest and then infiltrate infiltrate the Vatican with evil and defeat God yeah and it was like God man usually a demon is like just trying to get a soul or two (laughs) this demon wants to defeat the church (laughs) and like yeah what did you think of that like that was like when they put their the pedal to the metal when they stepped it up to like this yes. demon. This is the demon. Yeah, this isn't just uh, going after
1: one person. Yeah. like we've got to save the church now. This is yeah. like Lucifer's
0: first cousin or something.
1: This is for the church, <laughs> and it, you know it's for everything for the to world. do with the yes. This is for good and evil. Yeah, this is a battle here.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I, I love that because I I wasn't expecting that at all. I was like okay. Just gonna have a demon, he's just gonna try to take the boy, mm-hmm. you know. And you know, that's fine, that's great. But they put the pedal to the metal. And uh, I here's what I always want in a movie like that I want to, I want the exorcist scene, I want to see crap flying off the walls, the kid going crazy, the priest like holding their hand, like hang <laughs> on, yeah, and the lights going off and on, and the you just.
1: People getting thrown across the building and And in the rooms.
0: And to say I got this that scene in this movie was an
1: understatement.
0: We saw people get attacked by by the possessed. That was crazy. I don't really understand the effect it had. How did his influence get back to the Vatican? Because the Pope had a heart attack and then uh, the Bishop had that experience i guess
1: i could understand how the pope got affected because he was so close with gabriel and they were working on the same case with the same lore connection yes and he was reading a book on the abbey but i don't understand that in the connection
0: with the um that Um, cardinal guy you know the guy in red the only way now that i've seen the movie is it needed to be done so they found yeah, they found a way, I guess. I need to wa- I need to buy this on DVD and watch it, which I'm yeah. definitely going to do because I really want to see it again. You might watch it again together at the house, and if anybody makes a noise, we're gonna go in there and yeah, shush Be yeah, like, you listen here. We're trying to watch this movie. We didn't get a good experience last
1: time. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: if, if this movie wasn't in probably its last week, like I would definitely go to uh, Tinseltown and watch it because yeah. I'm just like not happy about what happened. Oh, but anyway, so after that happens, they gain the knowledge and they, they come back to the house from what, what the down downstairs, the dungeon down there, basically. Yeah. And they're gonna take him on. They're gonna they're
1: gonna do it. <laughs> yeah. After Gabe saves the kids by offering his own soul. You know. Well,
0: that happened. A little bit
1: into it, yeah. Oh, you're talking about way before that, yeah. I mean, okay,
0: so then they came up and it, uh, they kind of went to work, they started reciting the Lord's Prayer, and yes, and it's like both of them were ready to go to battle this time. Like, I, I don't think they really believed in this thing the first time, or they at least were like, Oh, you know, we we meet, we've got experience with these things, Where yeah. This time, they knew. You know, they needed the sword of King Arthur that was blessed by God. And <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, he's
1: probably done, like, thousands yeah. of exorcists but over, over like the course this. of time. But this one just was different, and he didn't realize it until it's, things were ending up a little bit different than a yeah. normal exorcist was but, going. But I know? love
0: when they came back, the, the intensity of the two men. It was like... I turned to you and I said, here we go. Here's yeah. the battle
1: scene. Here's the power of
0: Christ. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I just couldn't wait. And, uh, yeah, and then they start going at him, and they've got the cross in hand. They're reading from the Bible, and they're like, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I <laughs> yeah. can give you to hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, they had what I just I just am obsessed with in all these exorcisms is when they start to get the demon, they start to get him a little bit. Yeah. And then they're like, keep saying it, keep yeah. saying it. And they're just screaming at the top of their lungs holding the cross. I just I I don't know why. It gets me pumped up like yeah, I'm going they, to battle. Yeah, I love that <laughs> scene in every exorcist type movie. And they're holding that cross at him hard and they're like they're like Go back to hell <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Did you leave that poor boy alone. Yeah. Oh man. It's so great. God, I love it. Yeah, but it had some twists and turns like uh Oh, when he finally was like I give myself up to you and me and you were like No Yeah, I was like, Don't do this, don't do this. Here he takes him and then the, the kids and the mom get out of there and and the other priest helps them out and you're just like right there was weird because that's why i was so intrigued because i was like what's going to happen now yeah
1: right. is he going to go back in
0: there or is yeah. he going to leave him there so that's why this movie's so interesting because i really didn't know that wasn't like on script for those type movies yeah. i was like i was like when is it when have you ever seen the exorcist give his soul give in to the devil the demon i've never seen they kept calling him satan like he was actually the devil but he wasn't but so what were you thinking at that moment when he gave up his soul he gave in to the demon which you never do i was like
1: oh man i really hope (laughs) in my head i kept calling him
0: toby mcguire
1: i was like i really hope toby goes back in there and saves game I can't lose Gabriel.
0: <laughs> and then when the demon said uh, I need to give up your soul for the kid, which is like true in the sense if he sacrificed himself, so it's like can evil have his soul if he sacrificed himself for good? But this demon so powerful that you're like I'm I maybe he can bound his soul. I don't know, that's what I was thinking in my mm-hmm. head. You know, keep him in I don't know, but... The only thing... I, there's one other part that
1: I, was kind of confusing to me is when they were battling inside that chamber, you know, where the original exorcist was, the first exorcist. Yeah. and Or the greatest one. And he was in there, right? Uh, Gabe, and he was possessed. But I never saw the demon exit his body.
0: They showed it. It was so quick. I saw it. It was faster than the blink of an eye oh really yeah and it was because of the prayer uh, that the other guy was doing
1: oh, okay so when he was floating in the air and they were both
0: saying the prayer uh, yeah so, yeah well no it's like when he started so it's like oh. he, when he started doing the prayer they flipped it and basically that prayer separated the demon from Gabriel mm-hmm. but he was not out of the woods yet The only thing that was keeping
1: the demon there after that was would probably be uh, he's still kind of anchored to his soul, and also the area itself, because he's not banished from the abbey, because that's where that's where the demon's power is. Yes, because that's where the little boy got possessed was in the
0: abbey. How about the fact that Gabriel kept fighting him, and they kept going back and forth of who was in control, and Gabriel. Tried to hang himself, yeah, uh, so he wouldn't infect the church or whatever the plan was, and uh, that was intense. <laughs> I kind of had a Thaden versus uh,
1: Sauron, you know, moment where he's like, "You will not kill me.
0: You will not kill him." And he's yeah, like, <laughs> but he relinquished control, so yeah. Uh, that's what kind of got me a little bit. I was like, "Man, I don't know." Like. If you can do anything because you surrendered. Yeah. So that's what kind of got it. He was fighting him. And then, how about the fact, it got me just because it's a Catholic, he's a Catholic priest and whatnot. Of when he was about to hang himself, he was about to jump off and he said, God forgive me for this, but we know that you go straight to hell as a Catholic if you commit suicide. Yeah. So, what? Well, <laughs> Like that's interesting because it's a sacrifice for good, but it's completely against your religion.
1: Yeah, uh, but and you you're not supposed by a to demon. do
0: that either. But you're possessed by a demon, so. I oh, don't know. that's that's, what... that's muddy water right there. I don't know. That's what really. Is... I'm not
1: a Catholic lore expert, but that sounds like it would. I don't know, man. That's muddy. I'd have to look into research on that. Man, oh, um, the music in in those final scenes was really good too. Oh, and the credits music was really good. I really enjoyed the music and the comedy was good too. What'd you think about the comedy? It was pretty good. I, it wasn't like ha ha funny, but you know it made me smile a couple times. It
0: did with the drinking.
1: Yeah, when he was drinking the whiskey and stuff. Right. <laughs> the exorcist drinking whiskey before he goes in and performs the exorcist I just kind of I kind of like that adds for a little bit courage. of character
0: for some courage yeah he needed some luck liquid courage before he went in there and fought the devil no one's perfect you know <laughs> Man, I thought the scene was abs- was this epic as all get out when the other father took the kids and the uh, mom out and came back but they were back down in the original Kind of like in the hole down there in the dungeon. Yeah. Oh, I, I in
1: my head, I just figured out why the uh, exorcist tried to, you know, Gabriel, tried to kill himself. Because he knew that if he just gave up, then the demon would infect the church. Yeah, that's what I was... So, yeah. I, I just, in my head, I was thinking of a reason why he would kill himself. And it was to save the church. That's true. So... But in my head, that's a lot right. of higher
0: stakes going on than that.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, sort of. Well, well, you got to think. Also, he's probably thinking about you know this church. If it was turned evil, could affect a lot of people, and they could all go to hell because it's of very, this.
0: But it's I so detrimental do... to him. A, a demon has a soul, and then if you commit that, what it means for a Catholic soul. Yeah. That's a lot deeper scene than it seems on the surface. Yes. Yeah. And then right after that scene, which is what I just said, multi-dimensional, when he goes, they go down basically to where the demon strength is. And he, he had that epic line where he said, you thought you'd defeat me just like this exorcist. And he's a skeleton. You're (laughs) like, whoa, you know, and then they're having this epic battle. And that to me is my, this is my favorite scene in the entire movie or moment. Well, my favorite... No, it was my favorite scene, too. But my favorite moment is when uh, uh, Pastor... It's a weird name. It's like Escabel or something like that. Yeah. When he basically finds his courage, and he's just down there alone. Things have broken down. And when he starts doing that prayer that he did with yeah. the conviction, that was my favorite moment of the entire movie. Yeah. And the fact that he even went back in the building
1: surprises me. I was like, oh, man, he's he's manning up here. I like this guy. That was like
0: know? the ultimate find your courage because Gabriel yes. was finished. and uh, when he All started, alone. When he did that prayer, And oh, he said, believe in yourself, Gabriel. Fight it. Yeah. And then he started doing the prayer and he separated the demon. Yes. But the demon still had all of his power. So then he creates... A visual of the two's biggest, like, uh, um, um, regret uh, sins and sins much. and regrets. And in the face of that, he grabs that cross and he puts that cross right to that girl's head that he loved, or you yeah, know, whatnot. And basically said, You know, I banish you back to hell, demon. Yeah, and he's in that water, defeated his convictions, kind of and he just rose up and with the power of god yeah and he turned that pool of water into a portal to hell yeah and it was just like such a powerful moment it gave me chills yeah i
1: really thought that was a cool scene. and the face melting and going down in the water i
0: was like holy crap and they bait and switched me because i thought that he was going to bless that water and turn it into a holy water and like dissolve the demon yeah that's what i thought for some reason but mm-hmm. he turned it into a portal and he did his thing and he exercised <laughs> this is a pun but true he exercised his demon yeah <laughs> and then gabriel found the strength and when he pitched him the same cross yeah that he exercised his demon and then he exercised his demon yeah and together they damned him to hell <laughs> and they, hey i haven't seen him actually push the demon down before
1: yeah that was unique yeah we never saw, like, a portal to hell That was cool. Open up. That was actually
0: very cool. Yeah. And they shoved him down and sealed it shut, and it was just like... I had to take a breath. I was like... We got him. <laughs> Could you imagine seeing something like that in real life? Oh, man. Dude. Well, they hyped this demon up so much about his power that while they were fighting him, I didn't really know... if If they were going to die or not.
1: Yeah, I thought this could have had a bad ending, to be honest with Uh you. When he got possessed, I was like, Mm -hmm. my goodness,
0: I think someone's about to die. For a movie to get me to a point that I I really was 50-50 on whether the demon would win or one of them would die or both of them die. Yeah. That's such a credit to the storytelling they did.
1: And to be honest, it still would have been a great story if just the kids and the mom made it out and they
0: both died they sacrificed themselves yes that would have been a cool story as well and then the sequel could have been this demon is still out there so the next people can encounter him learn or or he infiltrates the church and then and then the the church has to exorcist him but instead you can do you know the buddy team up of the two guys that you're already familiar with and that is brilliant too Mm -hmm. and so after that scene, that last scene, I took a big breath and I was like, "Wow, they exercised him, they exercised that demon." Yeah. And, uh, I was like, "That's awesome! What an epic battle!" Is what I told myself. And then they go back to the Pope, and they tell him that they did it, and they had this little victory scene. And then they open the map that he found in that well. Yeah. And it showed a source of power in uh, over a hundred locations that, uh, the old Catholic church kind of covered up from the Spanish conquest of where this demon had held power. And, uh, he, the Pope basically put him to task, said, and the 200 fallen angels and where they landed. Yeah. And it's you two's task to go find all these locations and exercise all the evil.
1: Yeah. And, uh, hinting at a sequel, which is
0: happening. That's one of the best setups for a sequel I've seen.
1: Yeah, it's like getting ready, get ready for a ride, because we're going to be going for a long yeah.
0: time, you know? And I can tell you this right now. When the sequel comes out, I'll be in line. Yeah. And I'll be watching I will it too, in, man the rave or tinsel town. Evil
1: never sleeps, and they're <laughs> going to be on the job. They're like the Ghostbusters yeah. of evil,
0: you know? <laughs> yeah. It did good financially, and it, I don't see any reason at all why... Uh, people wouldn't return. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch the sequel. As long as Russell Crowe is the main exorcist, you got me.
1: And I'm also fine with, maybe in a couple movies, um, where they pass the torch, you know, if he decides he don't want to do it anymore, and gives it to the young priest, and he can continue it. I think that would be really neat. Well,
0: they've set themselves up for uh a huge payoff with his death scene. Yes. If they want to pass it off. So that's good, but um mm-hmm. I think I'd like to go to the ratings and the pros and the cons. Yeah. So I'll start it out. I'm going to give this movie a 88 out of 100. And my 88 out of 100 is I'll say it with this. When I watch this again and I let it sink in, it has no chance of going down. It might even get up to like 91 or 92 when I start watching it at home, looking at the symbols, thinking it out more. Yeah. This movie was a lot more in-depth than I think people give credit. If mm-hmm. you're just going in there to watch a scary movie, you overlook things. Yes. And uh, my my pros for this movie um, was the writing, the in-depth story, Russell Crowe as the lead actor... And, um, my only con for this whole movie was this theater experience. Yeah. Which, see, that's not a fault of the movie. I didn't see any pitfall at all. I was like, the acting's real good. The set, the locations are good. The protagonists and antagonists very strong. hmm Uh, the setup for a sequel i thought the pacing was really just right on the money yeah it was slow when it needed to build
1: you know it was slowly building tension and then it would release it and then it would build it up more but a little faster this time and then release it again and then it would do it one more time at the end of the movie where it built up really big and then it would release
0: it in a big way and it was really cool very very good pacing was a strength of this movie yes like Probably got better pacing than a movie, any movies I've seen in a good while. As far as like, you actually think to yourself, "Wow, the pacing was like very effective." Yeah. Sometimes you think to yourself, you know, it's good pacing. You never got bored in this. No, you never. And not it, one time. It just stepped up, stepped up, stepped up, stepped up. Mm-hmm. So, um eighty-eight out of one hundred. Lots of pros, no cons at all. I don't. I can't think of a drawback for this movie. Nothing at all made me think. Oh, how about this? Uh, I gotta have a con. Uh, the Italian accents. <laughs> Some of them were a little rough. That's
1: it. Yeah. So, um... All right. Well, I guess I'm next. I'm gonna give this a 80 out of 100. Yeah. Um, I think this is a very entertaining uh, scary movie mm-hmm. and movie in general, and the story was really good. I really liked the story. It was an original story, but with some new things added, and I really liked that. and the music was great. The shots were amazing. The setting, I love the setting. That's probably my favorite part was the abbey. oh man. And the tomb underneath the abbey. that was great. And the lore they set up, and you know for for the demons, all 200 of them. And then in particular this one. And then the acting was great. And then one other thing I'd say, um, what, what would be a con for me? Um, probably the symbols so on the effects, you know, those were eh. But that's like nitpicking, you know? And then if I had to name one other one, I don't I don't think I, I can really. Oh, one important one. This is a... It's still classified as a horror movie and i didn't get scared one time in this whole movie but the story was so good that i still really really enjoyed it and i think that's what bumped it up you know to keep it as high on this list as it this is more like a mystery movie to me Mm -hmm. personally and a a really good one i
0: think how about the fact speaking of story that um russell crowe's character was based off and of the same name of a actual Catholic priest who was an exorcist who wrote many publications and books. Mm -hmm. So it's a great story and we can actually go off the real life person and we have his certified writings to go off for this movie and the extended universe. So we're not going to pull a Benny off and Weiss and go from source material to just, Making it up as we go along. Yeah. We have tons and tons of of books and, books and, and interviews. lore and all the stuff you need for a strong plot. Yeah. I'd rather somebody take a published work, take pieces out of it based on, than just come up with your imagination. Yeah. And then if you want to put your imagination and your touch on a story, that's another thing. Yeah, so, uh, we have like a what do you call basically lore to go off of, so that's nice. Yes, and I hope the sequel has Russell Crowe, and I hope that they don't rush it, and I hope the writing's good. I I, I, I don't, don't know why, why but
1: I have a feeling. I just had this feeling that the second one's going to be better.
0: It just really felt that way, didn't it? It felt, yes. like, it felt like we needed to kick the door in on this. This is
1: like a setup. It feels like setting up
0: something bigger i felt like we needed to just kick the door in and say like hey we're here you might not have believed in us but now we've shown you what we're about now you know what we're about now we can do it yeah i feel like they're number two and number three could be better than one yeah i think they're gonna be i think they're gonna go a little scarier in the next Mm -hmm. one too because it's like not it's a brand new franchise so sometimes it's like Hard to get people in this Marvel era, this Star Wars era. Mm -hmm. It's like an original IP. Like, it's tough to get people to buy in. Yeah. They're like, oh, I'm going to go see the 74th installment of Marvel or whatever. And you're like, no, dude, you need to go see this original. Yeah. You know, like, God. A lot of them are better nowadays, too. I can definitely see the Pope's Exorcist doing the same thing that Conjuring did, Annabelle did yeah you know I think we're off to the races if you ask me and I couldn't be happier mm-hmm. but um that's all I've got that's got all for me else? well everybody that's another car ride review on the Pope's Exorcist mm-hmm. and uh, opening and closing music by Daniel Schroeder uh, by everybody thank you.